are in the blue. Long as there's a spring of bird to sing, I'll go on loving you. telling you jokes it's gonna happen till the end of time you are so lucky that you've tuned in to the joke workshop here on mutinyradio.fm i'm your host pam benjamin today bringing you the shittiest new jokes from all my favorite comedians i'm really excited to see what they've brought to the table this week i made up some new jokes about my pubic hair let's see what they've done hey everybody be excited and clap your hands in a wild slappy like fashion for our first comedian of the night. Everybody, it's Boris Shakurko. The one you love and live for till the end of time. A part of me was hoping you'd just keep the music playing and I'd just stand up here and I'd just be like, that's, that's the performance. Workshop that. Um, I got cut off by a, a driverless car this morning, um, which is hard. Like I honk, but like, what am I even honking at? Like Google, an algorithm, an equation, who? Oh God. I just hit something with my back. Um, uh, in terms of Twitter, Jesus really didn't have that many followers. You know what I mean? Like 12, Twitter-wise, that's nothing. You know how many Bieber's got? Okay, you know what, Max? You know what? Um, I, don't, I don't know, man. Uh, there's some stuff I wanted to try. And I was thinking about it. Um, I have a friend who's worried that uh, his girlfriend is uh, uh, faking orgasms, um, which I have a really different concern when I'm in a relationship. I'm worried she's faking laughs at my jokes. That's my bigger concern. Faking orgasms, that's nothing. We can make it through that. Faking laughs. I can't, I can't stick through that. Uh, good. <laughs> Uh, someone asked me recently, like, how are my dreams going? Like, what I want to do with my life? I recently sold uh, some practice LSAT books, and I've never taken the LSAT. So I feel like that appropriately speaks to... Was going to do it, and then didn't do it. I don't know. I feel weird. Some people say that this generation's like, ungrateful. But I feel like uh, this generation... Like, I'm a millennial. Like, the first time I encountered porn... It was an accident. It's like when you were trying to torrent like Spider-Man, like the original, like because Tobey Maguire kills it, and then you accidentally ran into porn. And then you know the day you kind of become a man because that's the day that you try downloading Spider-Man and hope that it's porn because you didn't know how else to kind of get it. You didn't know Pornhub was a thing you could do without the cops coming in. I, always, I was always very guilty like looking at porn when I was like under 18. Not that it ever happened, but uh, 
don't know. I uh, I'm not from this country originally. I'm from Russia. I was born in Russia, and um, that's my excuse. I was born in Russia, um, which means I can't be president. I can't run for president. Otherwise, I totally would. It's so easy. I'm right there, but that's the only thing stopping me. Someone asked me recently what the hardest part of that move was. I'm like, the hardest part will probably be that I only got to bring my top three favorite tracksuits. It would be difficult. It's a difficult move. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm going to go bald in the future because all the males in my family are bald. I'm trying to get ahead of it. It feels like a, a ticking time bomb for my like sexual appeal. Like being able to have casual sex, I feel like that goes away with that loss of hair. Each strand of hair lost is a Tinder match that's now gone. I don't know what to do about it. I don't know. Should I go get like a cowboy hat fitting done? See what kind of hat I... Am I going to be a baseball hat type of guy? Should I go with a beanie? I'm scared that I don't go fully bald. I'm scared that I go like half bald and half gray. So I just kind of have that like semi, like have that crater in the middle. I know I recently got out of a relationship and the hardest part for me was when you go back through all those texts you had with that person and you see all the typos because it's like, God damn. I thought I was a T-H-E type of person. Seems like I'm more of a D-A. Cutting it close. <sighs> I'm so sweaty, and I don't know why. Um, let me see quickly. Oh, um, I don't know. People always joke that Crocs are an effective form of birth control, but have you, ever, you, have you ever tried having sex with a Croc on your cock? It is not easy. Rubber does not bend. Um, I'll leave you with this. Um, I, I live with a roommate who, uh, he's pretty disgusting. He doesn't wash his hands anymore. Um, instead he uses hand sanitizer, which is not the, not such, and he recently ran out of hand sanitizer. And so I, uh, I replaced it with lube. So he's just been sitting there like, just keep. So now we just have uh, plastic cups in the house. That's all we're left with. Okay, that's going to be it for me. Thank you, Pam. Boris Agurko. Hey, first off, the particular mic that you're using has a weird thing just for everybody with the XLR cable where it attaches, so try not to touch it. At the thing, no, I mean you didn't know. I just found that out when you started talking. Uh, we, someone moved them all back, and four is the best, but it's behind the thing. Uh, comments, everybody. I have some to start before we get to there. Um, I feel like there's a lot of other things about being Russian that are more poignant right now than tracksuits. So, I mean, if you are Russian, I'd like you to like brainstorm like all the Russian things that you can fucking think of and then pick the weirdest ones. Like my favorite thing about Russia is Bellinis and also uh, that a fourth of them died during World War II so that they aren't here now to kill us or whatever. Like there's there's many, many things about Russia right now. And I feel like tracksuits is a cop out. Uh, 
a THCDA, I didn't get it at all. I'm like, okay, THC is weed, yeah, DA I, I'm is I'm trying stuff. to say T-H-E, but I guess I fucked it up. Oh, okay. I didn't my understand bad. that joke. I just had a question joke, mark. So and then for Crocs, I feel like you went to the cock because you went for the rhyme, but it sounds like more of a foot fetish to me. So if you're going to go with okay. like, how many people do you want to fuck with Crocs? Instead of, I mean, I know that it rhymes, but it's about feet right so like if you have a foot fetish you don't want a crocs girl because that's gross there's so much weird sweat i mean maybe Uh the sweat's better in like a pointy shoe or i i don't know Mm -hmm. other people comments so um, our dude uh yeah no um so with the crocs idea you can still do your cock but uh, i think the better thing is have you ever tried to fit a condom over a croc uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, I I love seeing you every week. Uh, believe in yourself. That that's a good piece of advice. Uh, no, and keep digging mm-hmm. because you've got the self-driving uh, car thing. You know, what are you gonna honk at an AI? Yeah. Keep playing with that. Like you know, just like I, it's not gonna learn, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's like just the counterintuitive stuff. Yeah. Playing. And also, you know, is facial recognition going to recognize that I'm angry and flipping it off? Like, just mm-hmm. keep playing with it till you find the funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and uh, this is a safe space, so just say, say the things. Don't hold back. I didn't think I was holding back, but thank you. <laughs> that really does high. make me feel I'm, I'm better. I'm really high, so don't, don't ignore me. It's always good when someone's like, dude, just, it's okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I Thank think you I think the the best point there, and what I was gonna say too, yep. is there the self driving car one stands out, but there were other points where it's like it felt like you kind of hopped off at premise, and mm-hmm. obviously that's what happens at the new joke workshop because yeah. you're throwing shit out there. But there's a lot of things out there that like maybe didn't get a laugh, but that's because it is a great setup to yeah. what you'll find later. So there's a lot of premises in there that I would just re, retool yeah. and add to. Cool. Thank you. Other comments, Borsha Kirko, everyone. Borsha Kirko, hanging out at the joke workshop. Good times, everybody. Hey, remember that at the joke workshop, uh, if you're going to feed someone a shit sandwich, make the bread taste good. So a nice fluffy brioche bun compliment on the top, and then you give them the shit in the middle, and then a nice compliment on the other end. Because we really are trying to be like a really, I mean, I don't want to be like one of those Burning Man weirdos who's like, we're a safe space, and we're all open, and we're all blessed to have a comedy space, you know, meow. Uh, but, you know, we're cool. So your next comedian, who you're going to enjoy so much, put your hands together, everyone, for Matthew Quirk. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, by the way, uh, now that we're on the subject of shit sandwiches, uh, 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 I'm gluten-free, so feel free to just give me shit. I don't need the bread. Uh, anyway, man, speaking of... Birdie, man, is it me or did it fucking suck this year? Is it me or did it fucking suck this year? Uh, I mean, it's so commercialized now. I feel like I never left the city. That was a weather joke. Spare the air. I mean, what kind of lame party of 70,000 people anyway, man? Only one death this year? Fucking pathetic. They couldn't dig deeper than that. Anyway, yeah, just fucking Bernie man sucks, man. And I didn't even get like a real good chance to enjoy the better parts of this city without all those fucking sparkle ponies 
out of my way, right? We used to be able to get like total parking for one week in this glorious city. But now they built all those fucking bike cock blocks into the fucking, into the roads, man, that add up all this fucking parking that used to be vacated by all the art cars that were no longer clogging up all the long spaces. It's horrible. I do have one serious question about those bikes, though. Do they get street sweeping tickets? I mean, seriously. I got to move my bike all the time to not get one of those. Ford gets over? That's bullshit, man. Where's all the fucking Antifas to fight that shit? For real. You know, the Nazis weren't socialists. It's out, it's out. It's out. The Nazis weren't socialists. Push the bottom. The Nazis weren't socialists. They were fascists. That's Ford Motor Company. Fascism. You don't know what fascism is? Everyone's looking at me all blank stared. That's when corporations take over. That's when corporations take over. No. No. That was also capitalism. Uh, anyway, enough, enough political discussion. What else did I want to say about Yeah, I am just so upset with Burning Man, man. It's just a fucking total... The, the best part of Burning Man is the plumbing. And that's just fucking dark outhouses on a fucking desert landscape with boiling over humanity that you get to swelter in while you're trying to shit out that E you didn't digest last night. I mean, it's just such a shit show of a party. I realized everyone told me I would love it at Burning Man because they just wanted me to go there and help build their camp and watch their stuff while they fucked all my friends. terrible man they're like hey you run the kitchen and after i fucking cook them a meal they're like all right thanks you gotta clean you run the kitchen you gotta clean up too and i'm like what the fuck hey there's no food left so they bounce off to party more and i'm left fucking drinking pickle brine eating saltines and a fucking tuna fish out of a can telling you bernie man sucks nobody wanted to bang me out there because it's dirty Fucking bullshit. I did bang a Mormon out there, though. That was pretty cool. Cross that off the bucket list. Turns out they fuck just like a normal person. I thought it would be religious or special. Maybe they'd have you know, special underpants. You know, nothing. Let down. Yeah, so I made the best of it, though. You know, I went out partying anyway, dancing my ass off out there in the sweltering heat. And I finally, like, I'm like, I'm going back to my camp, man. I want to, you know, I'm dying of fucking thirst. So I want to drink some vanilla soy milk that I brought with me. You know, they're in those, they're in those cardboard cans, right? So I, like, get back there in the dark. I don't even grab a headlamp. I'm just going by feel, and I gra- grab one of those cardboard boxes. I pop it open. I start s- slugging that shit down because I was high. I had cotton mouth. Anyway... I'm about three gulps in before I realize I'm drinking the fucking Atlantic Ocean. I finally find my headlamp and look, it was fucking chicken broth. Man, that sucked. Bernie man sucks, I tell you. All right, that's it. 
back to quirk telling the stories about Burning Man. Comments. Uh, yeah, that, that line about uh, everyone fucking your friends was great. <laughs> that was very funny. Uh, with the the bicycle street cleaning one, those bikes are all on the sidewalk, right? No. No, they're Oh, they have them in the street? As a, as a, as a man living in his van on the street, they you have know. taken up. They stole, okay, so, so they've actually stolen each one of those new Ford bike things, takes up at least three and a half parking spaces, oh, and there are, there are 30 of them in this very small area of the mission. So in this tiny area of the mission, they just stole 90 parking spaces. Holy shit. 90 Not only that, they took all spaces. the flat spaces, which is right. prime sleeping space in this fucking hilly yeah. ass city. Yeah, he mentioned it, but adding in, as a guy who sleeps in his van, yeah, well, like, I was, I'm acutely I was, aware of I that. I had four minutes to focus on Burning Man, so I didn't want right, to do it. Right, right, right. But yeah, it was all good. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I had one note with, with the bike thing as well. Um, you talked, like you mentioned Ford, um, and then you started talking about Ford fascism. I think it would have been... Like, Ford sponsoring a bike program seems like it's against Ford's interests because <laughs> it's fewer people are driving. I thought that would have been an interesting uh, thing to, to explore. There's a motor on the bikes. Well, I, wait. There's a motor on the back of the bikes. Oh, for real? I, yeah. I literally just rode one here. There's I, a motor on it. I didn't it. even know that. Yeah, it has one speed. You just <laughs> pedal in it. And while we're at it, corporations are only into making money. They don't really care whether it's through bikes or trinkets or... Yeah, they're just finding another way to make that's money. Cool. Yeah, and they have no helmets, so all of the retarded tourists are driving around on streets that they don't understand with no helmets. So, yippee ki yay, motherfucker! Let's murder some fucking tourists. <laughs> Sorry, that was a little too sinister of a laugh. Hopefully, my time was up when you said that. <laughs> Anybody have comments? Meow meow! Yay! <laughs> Matthew Quirk, yay! All right. Uh, hey, everybody. I don't remember the order on the thing, but I'm just going to go in the order I put it in on the Facebooks. Uh, oh, is he saying? Yeah, I'm just going to have Joey. Here we go. Uh, this is a comedian who's amazing and performs everywhere and is super hilarious. And the fact that he brings his new jokes to us is like, wowie zowie. Put your hands together, everybody, for Joey Avery! <laughs> Um, cool. What do I? I should leave this in here, huh? Take it out. Take it out. Like this. Okay, sweet. Um, let's see. I think we have a. I think we have a weird relationship with drugs in this country. I feel like it's either like way overly celebrated or completely overly demonized, and it's it's a mixed bag, you know. Like I, I have a great relationship with drugs. I started smoking weed in like sixth grade. Because I wanted to be cool, and every night, or when I was at my friends, we'd sneak out and we'd get high, and I'd immediately freak the fuck out for the next three hours. I was like, my parents already know. I don't know how this is possible, but I kept with it because I wanted to be cool, and it actually worked. Uh, don't ever let anyone tell you that drugs can't make you cool as a child. It's not true. Uh, I, I just think you remember the D.A.R.E. program. I don't know how many of us had that. Yeah, it was like basically a program designed to discourage drug use uh, where a, a 
cop would come in and then you'd like sing songs together about how drugs are bad and there was a mascot and it obviously it was great because there's no way to convince kids hey we're the cool ones than doing sing-alongs with a uniformed police officer that's that's the way to show the kids you're happening uh and I, I don't know how successful the program was. I always assumed it kind of wasn't because the only kids that I ever saw wearing a D.A.R.E. t-shirt were the most apocalyptically stoned human beings that I've ever met. If you want to catch a kid who's high on campus, look for the kid wearing the D.A.R.E. shirt and a shit-eating grin. That's him. He is so high, he just discovered irony. Uh, that's, that's what's happening before your very eyes. Um, but I think they were doing their best. It's a hard job, okay? Because it's an impossible job to teach teenagers that drugs are not cool when drugs are the leading cause of cool teenagers. It's like the only thing that works. Um, and I know we all have like the counter example, which is like, but this guy did drugs in high school and now he's a burnout and he's nowhere. That's because he got too cool. <laughs> that was a problem. Like Icarus flew too close to the sun. He got so cool that he didn't have the resentment and anxiety that drives people to be successful after high school. All right, that was the only problem. Getting your dick sucked at 14, you're probably not going to run a company. You know, it's just, what are you working for? You know, you've already crested the mountaintop. It's hard to, hard to figure out what you're supposed to do. Um, it is interesting, though. Drugs can, drugs can make you do weird things. I remember the first time that I ever did a dab where you just like smoking condensed THC, I got so high that I deleted my Facebook uh, for a year and a half. That is how I was like, it's a fucking social construct, man. It's bullshit. And uh, I was right, but I'm back now. Um, so, yeah, can make you... I, I guess I... I, I miss, and I don't know if this is a personal experience, but I miss, like, the college level of doing drugs because I feel like I used to, like, get high and just think about cool shit. Like, I used to think about space. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> you know, now I get high and I'm like, I'm going to use this blanket, all right? I just want to numb my brain and not send any emails for a fucking hour, you know? Watch some dumb show instead of being like, dude, we're in space right now. I always forget that. I always thought like space was a place that you went. And then every once in a while I get high enough and be like, we're already fucking there. <laughs> we're just on this spaceship together. Um, used, to, used to think about cool shit. Let's see. Switch gears. Uh... Why why do we let 16-year-olds drive? I don't think we should do that. Like putting it very cautiously, they are not responsible motorists. You know, their their brains don't work. They have no prefrontal cortex, so they can't or they have underdeveloped, so they can't have rational decision-making skills. They have an overdeveloped amygdala, which means they're actually more emotional than they will be at any other time in their life. Their brains are so fucked up, we don't let them go to jail for crimes that they committed. That's not the asshole I want next to me revving his Mustang, okay? That's a dangerous thing. 
But they get so annoying at that age. I think the reason we do it is because parents are finally like, you know what? Fuck it. You want to go to the food court again? Just go. All right? We'll chance it. I don't care if you make it or not. You're so annoying. Um, I actually had a friend of mine who wrecked three vehicles in high school. He wrecked three cars. And after the last wreck, he came up to me and he's like, dude, don't worry. I'm not a bad driver. I was just on Xanax and getting head. And I was like, how did you start that sentence with don't worry? I'm going to worry about you for the rest of my life. You have no idea what you're fucking doing. I was like, you know what? He's going to be a fuck up. And guess what? He's in finance. Because that's how the world works. Uh, All right. That's it for me. Thank you. Joey Avery, everyone. Yay. There's the music. Hey, Joey Avery being funny. New premises. Any comments? Everyone's like, he's hilarious. We all like to say everything's funny. <laughs> what do we you know, do? Um, so, uh, that was fucking great. Um, I think I've heard you tell a joke about how uh, you're finally at the age where your brain is fully developed. Yes, yeah, so yeah. So, if, if you're telling that and uh, the joke about 16 year olds should be right. the same one, I would love to hear a tag that's like, uh, Sorry that this has turned into a TED talk about like. <laughs> right, yeah, that's because I did. I did first start doing that like after that joke, and I'm kind of like it's a little bit much like to go sciency, but yeah, that's it's a good call. Kind of have to address that. Uh, it makes me happy to hear that you're making the first step towards a curmudgeon that you're already bitching at <laughs> teenagers, about young kids, yeah, and how, them. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you guys. Your next comedian here on the Joke Workshop has a show every Wednesday from 10 to midnight here on Mutiny Radio called The Night Space. Uh, You can also buy his book on Amazon called High Time Storytime, Volume 1 and 2. Put your hands together for Arden! That music reminds me of the time I got fucked by the Great Gatsby. Ah, oh, such a magical evening. How's everybody doing? We good tonight? Uh, I know I'm fucking high. Uh, I ate a 70 milligram edible at about uh, what time is it? Now? God, two o'clock today. So yeah, I'm feeling great. I uh, so all right. I I I don't want to tell a joke tonight. I just want to get some shit out there. I uh, so. I used to tutor people back in high school and college. I once taught two cheerleaders uh, freshman physics in an afternoon. They were getting like D's and F's in the class. They got B's on their final. The teacher's like, how'd you do that? I was like, I just have to relate it to them right, in a way that they fucking understand. <laughs> All right. So uh, let me relate something to you that happened at work today. We had a little science teaching at, at work where uh, the freezer, the condenser froze over. And if you know anything about freezers, it's a bad thing because now air is not getting through and getting cold. You just got a block of fucking ice. And that's it. That doesn't help anything. So uh, what you do is you get a hairdryer and you hit it 
with the hot air and you melt it. And I was thinking to myself, well, how would I explain this to a physics class of freshman cheerleaders? How would I do this? Oh, I know. All right. So let, let, me, let me teach this class. Hey, class, how we doing? Yes, yes. Pom, pom, down. All right. Let's go. All right. We're going we're gonna to teach you how the hairdryer melts the ice. You see, ice, ice is solid water. All right. So you got a whole bunch of water molecules and they're chilling. They're chilling. They're couch locked. They're couch locked together. That's why they're solid. They're just like, hey, man, we're chilling. We're just super chill right now, and that's all good, right? But then along comes Mr. Hairdryer, and he's plugged into Mr. Outlet. Mr. Outlet's kicking him in the ass with 120 volts of electrons, and he's going, fuck, I don't like these electrons up my ass. So he says, I'm going to take all this energy and make the air around me really hot and really fucking loud, right? And, and that'll get rid of all the energy from the electrons, right? Because we're transferring. It's all about energy transfer when you get down to it. So you got your block of ice, and now all these fucking hot air molecules have been excited by Mr. Electrons and Mr. Fucking Motor and the goddamn uh, hair dryer. They're going, ah, we're hot, ah, and 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 they're going, and they're hitting. The, the water molecules that are just chilling in that block of ice, right? And they're, they're, they're getting bumped into every, every, by all, ah! And, 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 and then the air molecule hits, and it transfers a little bit of that energy over to the, the water molecule, and then it leaves going, oh, I'm a little chiller. That's, that's better. I'm a little, a little less excited. But the water molecule, he's going, hey, man, that's not cool. You're fucking with my chill. Right? And the water molecules around him go, yeah, I don't like that either. That guy's being a dick. Yeah, I know, right? But then another air molecule comes in and goes, ah! It hits it. And then, you know, after a while, that one molecule that keeps getting hit, he goes, oh, fuck this, I'm out of here, right? Because he's got too much energy now. So he, he just leaves, and then his buddies are like, ah, we're with him too, right? And everybody just starts leaving, and then you get water. And that's how you melt a block of ice, you know? So, yeah. Um, I, I, I have a lot of self-doubt, so I, when I was in college, I used to write everything when I was drunk. I, I, I have so many 10-page papers that I turned in, creative writing, and also uh, analytical arguments on writing in English, uh, that I don't remember how I formulated the argument, and I'm getting A's, and the professor's going, how'd you do this? And I said, I don't know, you'll have to ask drunk me, because uh, he did all the work. He did the heavy lifting. But now I don't have booze anymore because I quit drinking, right? So I lost a lot of self-confidence. They're like, I can write fucking, I can write a mice man. I can do that shit. You know? Now it's all like, oh, man, I'm fucking using. So now I eat the edibles, and, that, and then, then I take a nap, and I wake up, and I'm like, oh, man, I should write that pilot for that TV show. That, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spell it out right here on September 4th, 2017. Copyright. Boom. This is how you, this is, anybody wants to know the short version of how you, you set up a copyright? Broadcast something. All right. If it's broadcast, it's out in the ether and recorded, and you can hold the copy, the date, all right? or mail it to yourself and don't open it, because then it's got a post address. Anyway, what was I talking about? Um, oh, so I'm writing a pilot for a new TV show. It's based on my actual work. Uh, it's called Coffee and Cannabis, and uh, it's going to be a, a coffee shop next to a cannabis club, and the ca coffee place is going to be called Just Coffee, and the cannabis place will be called uh, Cannabis uh, Cannabis Cakes. And uh, there's always going to be a misunderstanding where a pothead comes into the coffee shop at, looking for weed. And I'll be like, no, weed's next door. And they're like, well, what do you got? And I'm like, well, the sign says just coffee. So uh, cars, 
cars is what we got. Uh, but if you want the weed, that's next door. And they're like, wait, that's not just the bakery? And I'm like, dude, it has cannabis in the name. Uh, fuck it. Anyway, you've been terrific. I've been Arden. And that's enough of that. Good night. Arden, Margetta, everyone. Arden, uh, time for comments. Meow, meow, meow. I can start. That good. Oh, go ahead. I can start it out with uh, you. You uh, opened up really well with um, mentioning the music and acclimating yourself to the space. Even though we're just comedians, it was very professional of you and very personal to like is welcome us up? in. Hmm? Is your mic up? Yeah. I is it not? Is it? It's yeah. Can I can't. Well, I can hear myself. <laughs> Check. The, are the needles? Uh, yeah. It's. I don't know. Did something blow out up there? No. Crazy times. I can hear myself. Can you guys hear me? I can hear you. Anyway, oh, anyway, weird. Well, they can hear me. You were very personal at the beginning. Okay, everybody cool. else. Yay. Woo. Other Go comments? Come on. So, as you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of pot, but I don't find that I can perform high. Yeah. And I'm curious about whether or not you have tried performing sober. And Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Kirk, <laughs> you remember like a year ago I used well, to perform sober. Maybe time. consider the possibility that it's something you should do more regularly. Yeah. No, if, just if consider I was, it. Think about was, it. If I was doing a show or something, I'd be sober. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ish. Yeah. I I disagree with that. And I would come never. on. Somebody's got to have something. I mean, I'm just curious about that whole teaching the cheerleaders thing. I mean, did that story work? What do you mean? Did they learn? I mean, I could barely follow along with. No, the they they do. They got they got like B pluses on that final, and the teacher and that was, was the like, "Story you, you used that? on how to transfer energy." It, no, that that not back then because back then I didn't smoke weed, and you know, so it was it was all dorky. It was like, okay, so if you imagine, and yeah. Anyway, uh, I didn't get laid, but that's my time. Thank you very much. Hey, your next comedian is a very funny guy. We have a uh, we have two gingers in the house tonight. That makes it like twenty percent gingers. That's that's like more than the entire world uh, right here at Mutiny Radio. Put your hands together, everybody, for Max Eddie. Thank you, Pam. Um, yeah, uh, so it's going to be a little choppy today. Um, then uh, it's it's just kind of scatter shop of uh, don't judge it too harshly. So, um, so my name is Max Eddie. Um, I actually have ADD, uh, and ADD stands for attention deficit. Uh, do you guys know the Pillsbury Doughboy, uh, the uh, the mascot for Pillsbury? Uh, I don't get him because he's endorsing putting dough into ovens, but he's made of dough. The Pillsbury Doughboy is the Hitler of baked goods. Um, I, I, don't, I don't eat Pillsbury for that reason. I think it's weird. I also don't eat uh, Mrs. Butterworth's, the, the syrup, uh, because I'm a feminist. Uh, and you can't just squeeze women until they give you what you want. Uh. Yes means yes. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> um, I, I, um, uh, I was shaving yesterday. I always cut myself when I'm shaving, and I'm not sure if it's because I'm bad at shaving or because I'm depressed. And, and not knowing only makes me sadder. Oh, man. My body wash is called Lasting Legend, and that shit is not working. 
There we go. I don't know, man. I, I'm in a rough place, but uh, I'm trying to be more religious. A lot of people find happiness through religion. I'm trying to be more religious, mostly because uh, I'm into this girl, and she's dead. <laughs> I want to make sure we get into the same heaven. Yeah. Also, um, I can't eat meat right now because uh, I gave it up for Lent, and I don't know when that ends. Uh, uh, if anyone knows, let me know. Let me know. Um, man. Now, actually, uh, I used to be a lot more religious when I was a kid, though. Um, I went to Christian school. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk, like, talked to the preacher about a lot of stuff. Uh, one thing that my preacher told me when I was a kid um, was that every time that as a man you ejaculate outside of a monogamous relationship, an angel loses its wings. And I was just like, man, there must be a lot of angels because I've taken at least 3,000 of those motherfuckers out myself, you know? Oh, man. I, I, I kind of misinterpreted what he meant, though, because um, I thought he meant when I ejaculated I was coming angel wings. I was like, that's actually kind of cool. I like that. Uh, and it also explains why girls in videos really like it on their back. Yeah. They're, just, they're just trying to be angels. You know, that's, that's a noble endeavor. Um, uh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't really know what, what my deal is right now. I don't, I don't know what's going wrong in my life. Like, one thing... Okay, one thing that has, hasn't been great is I just found out my, uh, my 15-year-old cousin started selling drugs, which is just so convenient. <laughs> it's like, it's crazy. Uh, um, yeah, man. I, uh, I love your shit about those Ford Go bikes, but they're also they're, they're really convenient. That's not funny, but I'm just, I'm on my, I'm on my, uh, my soapbox. And uh, I'm going to say they're great. Um, but uh, it's like the only opportunity I get for people to like listen to me like with no questions. So I'm going to say Ford Go Bikes, go get one. <laughs> I nailed it. I nailed that one. Um, now, when I'm not doing that, though, I, usually, I end up in like a lift or something. Um, uh, I really like to take the Lyft line or the Uber pool because it doubles my audience. <laughs> they don't like it as much, though. They don't like it. But, um, yeah, um, I, had a, I had a weird experience in a lift last weekend, though. Uh, my driver si tried to sell me drugs, Yay! like, next to my house. No, I was, I was appalled. I was like, listen, buddy, this is my little cousin's territory. You step the fuck off it, okay? Good callback. Thank you, thank you. What is a callback? <laughs> there we go. Um, okay, I'll, I'll leave you guys on this one. Um, there we go. Um, I saw a bus that said clean air vehicle, and I was like, that shit is 33% accurate because it's dirty and it's on the ground. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'll, I'll leave you guys on that. Thank you so much. Jesus.
Max Eddie on a math joke that none of us got. That was great. Call you a turncoat collaborator with all that lift shit. And uh, also, you might want to add to your uh, doubles your audience thing uh, that they're especially disappointed because it's a, it's not a free show that they're forced to sit through. That's you good. Know? Yeah. Something like that. On their back, you got there. You took a long time to get there, but you got there on that joke, and that was great. So, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, I enjoyed your set very much. I laughed very hard. You heard me laugh at the parts that I thought were... That one about the comedians, though, it's just for comedians. I mean, it's cheeky for us, but... Wait, which one was In it? the lift. Uh, you did a joke about... Uh, it was like... Doubles your audience? Yeah, doubles your audience in the back uh, of the yeah. lift. I mean, it's a comedian. I laughed very hard because I do the same thing. So I was your audience on that one, and I laughed very hard. But your audience might be very small yeah. on that joke. But I'm one of them. I laughed really hard. <laughs> uh, but if in the lift uh, they added a two-drink minimum, then that would be something. Okay. Other comments? Good. Anyone else? Did everyone love Max Eddie? Clap like you did! Yay! It's just the nearness of you. Is, is that helping out there? The the machine is doing playback. You think the thing? You think that up there died? Is that not having a playback? Huh? There's no. So what you're saying is there's no power to the speakers up there. Hmm. Well, wow. I'll have to deal with that later. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Everything is, all my meters are great. I hear everything in my earphones just fine. Uh, but that's a bummer that, oh, oh, someone pressed the play. There's a button underneath the square button that's like this sort of online-y, sort of online, not online button. Yeah. User error. Meow, 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 meow. Did you find, did it ever, can we, we'll work for, we'll wait for Arden to figure out the technical difficulties here at mutinyradio.fm, but until then, you should go right now online and check out all of our cool podcasts and uh, all of the great shows that happen every Friday on Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. This Friday is Decompression, I've Been to Burning Man. Comedians that have been to Burning Man. Oh, won't that be fun? And then on the 15th, we have Next speed date a comedian we need 15 single women and men in the audience and they're going to be speed dating four women and four men comedians although the men might be termed as boys uh, at the 22nd we've got the hell hat what a fun time on the 29th is libra comics make a decision finally figuring it out on their jokes to have their their birthdays are all uh, libras and then on the 30th be excited for the second oh there it is there it is. We can hear it now. The second Hell in a Handbasket on September 30th where Guinevere your queue and no big fucking deal and Kimberly Rose Went will be battling three comedians. We've got, uh, it's crazy actually, it's Thomas Bridgman, Zach Wiseman, and Clay Newman. So we'll see what happens there on that show. Your next comedian up here right now at joke workshop you're gonna laugh at all her jokes she's the only like female here today other than me clap your hands wildly for trina roderick thank you everybody oh my god i'm so excited to be here 
I was uh, working hard all week. Thank God it's Friday. As you know, I rage on the weekends, right? But I wait until, wait, I wait until the weekends are rage. Then I work hard on a week, during the week. Anyway, so, uh, so, okay. So hopefully, I'm not sure, so uh, hopefully I can start the podcast tomorrow. If I can't, that's okay. We can, you know, I have... Okay. I sent you a text and an email. You didn't get them? I'll re... I was concerned about the email because I sent the email from my phone, so I was worried about the email, so I backed it up with a text. So I will... I'll resend. So so we're, we're not a go for tomorrow. Is no, that what you're saying? Are. Just you have to tell me at the end of tonight. And oh, okay. 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 Phew. So, so I worked on it. I worked on it, right? Because, you know, I don't know if you guys have watched uh, YouTube and TED Talk lately and all the other motivational shit that pops up on YouTube if you watch even one thing, right? One, and then all of a sudden. So 95 hours a week if you want to be successful. And, uh, th you know, it's nice to be able to have experienced success because I can smell the bullshit on these things and uh, that one is absolutely true. Uh, so uh, I have spent easy, easy 95 hours getting ready for tomorrow's podcast. I'm super, super excited about it. Um, and I, uh, so anyway, I, I, I bought this dress uh, with another dress, a, a little black dress on a shopping trip on my birthday a couple years ago. And uh, I can't really talk about that other dress because it's a subject of litigation. Uh, but I can, uh, but so, uh, not, not sexual harassment litigation. Um, Banana Republic is suing me because I didn't pay for the dress. I mean, I was gonna pay for the dress. It's not like I stole it or anything. I charged it. And then the next time I went in to buy a dress, they, were, they told me that my card was canceled even though I was paid up so I was like hmm I, I'm assuming you have some sort of policy anyway I again I can't I guess I'm sorry so I, I what well, I can't get into it litigation I just wanted to re set your minds at ease that just because I said the word litigation and dress it's not sexual harassment uh right exactly I know that's the reigning assumption uh anyway so the but the uh uh uh, I, I felt like it's the last day of summer and I had to wear white. That was the obligation. All weekend, white all weekend, dude. And if I set a goal, I meet it. Matthew, goddamn. <laughs> no, uh, but uh, if, you, if you watch enough, uh, if you perform comedy often enough, you watch off enough... Uh, advice for women. I'm not technically supposed to wear anything this hot. I mean, because what happened, okay, here's what happened. I didn't mean to be this hot. It's just that I lost my job at the beginning of August. And so I had way more time to do things like exercise and juice. So I started exercising more often, you know, right? And I started juicing. And I really was just juicing because as women, we're super, super pressured to have all of our shit on point. You gotta have your nutrition on your point. You gotta have your exercise on point. If, if you're in any way sad and any of that shit is not like maxed out in terms of what the status quo thinks you should do for that shit, then they're gonna say, oh, well, you're not eating right. That's why 
That's why sexism bums you out, is because you're not eating right. You're not exercising. How are you supposed to be happy in a sexist world unless you eat right? So anyway, so my, so my body got really fit, and I was like, huh, that's weird. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've been juicing. That was totally not the point. Totally not the point at all. Um, did you guys see Joe, Joe Mandy's... Um, Joe Mandy's comedy special. He's a new comedian. I hadn't heard of him really before. I'm super competitive. I have a huge ego. And so he starts off like the show, the comedy special talk. It's like you can Netflix it. Talking about how he wants to win the American uh, Comedy Awards. Now, I am so competitive by nature that I'm watching that and automatically first thought in my head is, well, I don't know what award that is, but fuck you, Mandy, I'm gonna win that shit now. Now that I know, this is, <laughs> anyway. So he has an idea that everyone should have, and that he proposes in the special, that everyone should take a picture of themselves naked, and then anybody and everybody can just look at it anytime they want, and his idea is, Oh, well, but, you know, it would be great because you can make money. If it only costs 99 cents, for example, that's his idea that he, watch the special. The problem with that is, you're not actually, the only way to make money doing that is if you don't look at anybody else's photo, right? Otherwise, you're just going to spend the money you made looking at other people's naked bodies, right? Like, cause his, his solution is, like, then, then it takes all the guesswork out of everything, right? Like, he feels bad for chicks that we don't know what size the guy's dick is. Anyway, um, the reason I brought that up is because uh, I, I don't want to do that exactly, but I do feel like I wish I could... Okay, here's my dilemma. One of the more insulting things that has ever happened to me is people were convinced that I was suicidal, which is really insulting when you're not at all suicidal. You know what I mean? It's like, really? What, what could I pause? Do you know something about my life? I don't. Because that's, again, the way we like to think about women is sad, pathetic, make them so mean, are you? Anyway. I'm going to be talking about all of this on the podcast, but I also felt like, dude, I can see my own tits. I feel like if, if I could just put, I'm not going to do that ever, but these are the issues that women struggle with that uh, we're going to be talking about tomorrow on the podcast, a lot about sex, a lot about sex. I, I'm... Matthew doesn't look happy about that. I know this isn't all, all that funny, but I've been really dedicating all of my time to working on the podcast, so I'm sorry that the jokes aren't, like, super magnificently hilarious, but anyway. So tune in tomorrow or download it later. Either one. Thanks. Serena Roderick, everyone. She's can see her own tits. Yeah. So what's the name of your show going to be called? Quantum Division. Q-U-A-N-T-U-M, and then second word, division, D-I-V-I-S-I-O-N. Quantum division. Sweet. Yeah. Well, we'll send that off right away. Thank you. Starting Thank tomorrow you. at 10 a.m. Uh, hey, everybody, comments for Trina Roderick.
Or we could postpone it if you need more time. It's not that. No, 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 no. You can start tomorrow. You paid your money. I just, I'm sending the email right now. Okay. So I told them the email says, she just told me the name today now at 645 on a Monday. So if her auto podcast isn't up by tomorrow at 10 a.m., no big deal. Uh, but it means that they will be ready to manually update your f- show into okay. the folder. If, got it. If the auto podcast, but I'm sending it right now. So got they've got, got hours it. and hours. Okay. More than 12 hours. It should be enough. Okay, cool. Yeah. Comments on Trina's jokes. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say that I know I'm supposed to, you know, pay attention for your brains and your personality and all, but it's I'm, I'm glad you gave me permission to look at your ass. Oh, ass. you're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. It's my, it's my favorite quality, honestly. And and I'm 48, and there was like a couple of years where I was so skinny that I lost my ass, and I was like, oh man, that's what happens when you get older. Wah wah, and then it came back. I was really, really excited. Dan- well, we'll talk about how I uh, make it happen on my podcast. Um, I, I, I loved your set. Um, I like Thank it. you. It's more promo than anything, but well, yeah, I appreciate but I mean, the compliment. The, as a shameless self-promoter, you got to do that. Well, that's true. What, 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 what time is it again? It's 10, 10. a.m.? Yeah. But what I love about podcasts is you can download it any time. So yeah, but you I don't can't have be on to it if listen it's at 10 to it live. Oh, don't come to the first one. Come to the well, second one. How about you come to the second one? I'll, I'll, I'll schedule a time off of work to come down and do it. All right. Um, but looking forward to it. The only thing I was going to say was uh, maybe a helpful little tag for the dress jokes mm-hmm. uh, where you talk about, the, well, not talking about the one because it's the subject of litigation and then you reassure everyone that that dress is not the subject of sexual harassment, that mm-hmm. the one you're wearing is the subject of the sexual harassment. Uh, ah. Well, okay. I'll think about it. I mean, it's a little obvious. No, it's a good joke. It's just the subject is something that is, well, anyway. Yeah. But I mean, but then you can turn around, you know. It's too close to rape is the problem. Does that make any sense? It's too close to... Oh, yeah, you're right. sexual harassment, yeah. I don't know. Shit. Yeah, sorry. No worries. But I mean, rape jokes are funny too sometimes. You can make funny rape jokes. That's true. That's true. Well, no, the problem is just in my personal life, everybody always just assumes I'm sexually harassed. And so I try to stay away from that because I'm not. I mean, I am and I'm not. I am, but you have to know how to handle that. Well, it's only sexual harassment if you're good looking. I mean, on one side or the other. So it's it's only sexual harassment from the other side if they're ugly. But if they're good looking, then it's flirting. But for you, it's you're being targeted because you're a hot lady, and that's got to be. I mean, it's got to be hard. Like, it's hard to be respected as a person for your individuality and your smartitude when you're so cute and have hot tits. I mean, I get it. No, it's that, <laughs> it's that society is teaching men to only validate themselves in this way, number one. I mean, there's a lot of factors that have... Absolutely. You know, everything to do with the world around me as opposed to me personally. So right. I, I really am looking forward to talking about them. In fact, I saw... I saw, were you in Dolores Park today? Y- yes. I saw you in the park and I was going to go out and say hi, but I was in the middle of watching uh, Slovak, okay, I cannot pronounce this. Slavic. Th- yeah, Slavic. I call him, I call him Kaziz because I can't pronounce his, his, his name. Zizek, like Slovak Zizek. Anyway, so I was watching 
a YouTube video of oh, okay. some of his philosophy and I was like in the middle of it and I was like, you know, but that's the point. Like I do not have, I'm so, I rarely do only one thing at a time. Uh, I mean, I have a one side hustle. I'm trying to develop a second side hustle. Uh, all this other shit. Like, dude, I'm just trying to keep myself off a pole is really <laughs> right. is well, what's going on. And that takes a lot of time. See, see, I wish you would have come up to me because I was all sad and lonely today. So I'm going so to sorry. Aww. I would have, but like literally, that's gonna be. I don't know how much time. Like I was in the middle of it. Oh, like I, that's I the I totally get easy it. 95 hours this weekend. And I, but I, but the good news is I wasn't feeling good about it Friday, and I'm feeling good about it today. So. Awesome. Sad, You're sad, have a and sad and lonely. Anyway, well, thank you guys. Yeah. Woman. Oh wait, Quirk, come you take have, a chance with me because I ain't. So oh, I was bad. just gonna say what Pam had to say is so true. You know the same sentence out of a handsome guy is like a crime out of a regular looking guy you know well I'm going to correct a lot of those myths and misunderstandings because I'm the one who's and then receiving I'll take you on a date the, I'm and I'll the show one you. I'm the one who's receiving that and I know how I respond and how what I think about it so. it's 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 hard to be cute I mean one I know data I point it. you are one <laughs> data point yes exactly exactly all right, everybody, clap wildly for Trina Roderick. And tune in tomorrow at 10 a.m. for Quantum Division with Trina Roderick. Got that all set up. It's going to be awesome. She knows what she's doing. She's had podcasts here before. We're at Mutiny Radio. Your next comedian. He has actually won contests as a punster. Uh, he is a funny, funny man who writes great, great jokes and is a quick and clever individual. You're going to love him. Clap your hands wildly for Joseph Ugalde. I'm glad there is you. Ooh, nice intro music. Oh, what's happening, gang? We've had a heat wave lately. Did you notice? Did anyone notice that? Uh, you know, uh, there was an eclipse uh, a week or so ago, and... Uh, there was a lot of concern. People were going to be looking at the sun. People got the special glasses, all that. And according to reports coming in throughout the country from doctors, they are getting people coming in because of the eclipse, but it wasn't because they looked directly at the sun. It's because their eyes were irritated because they put sunscreen on their eyeballs. This happened. People were putting sunscreen on their eyeballs to look at the eclipse. And I'm thinking, wow. These are the same people who put KY jelly on their eyeballs to watch porn. I'm just thinking, what next? These are the same people who put Preparation H on their eyeballs. Uh, I, I don't know where that goes, but I, I just got the setup. Okay, we're going to keep going. That's the ointment suite of jokes, folks. We're going to keep on working on it. Uh, uh, oh, I'm trying to eat healthier. Uh, I've reached my target weight. My first level target weight, so I'm feeling good eating healthier. You got to eat healthy, Arden. You have to eat healthy. That's what killed Jerry Lewis, by the way. Yeah. Doctor said he wasn't getting enough riboflavin. Uh, I'm sorry. I just had to do that once. So he's, he's, it'll, it'll be over soon. Uh, when I was a kid, I was what you call a latchkey child. You know what that means? That's where uh, it's like, yeah, they just stop sending you to the babysitter and daycare. They just hang a little key around your neck, and they're like, yeah, you can make your way to school and then get home, and you know, 
than the parents will see when they see you. Started that when I was like mm, eight years old. You'd never get away with that now. But eight years old, I was doing my own thing. I was living the bachelor life. And then one day it occurred to me, I hate school. There's nobody here when I leave. There's nobody here when I get home. I could just not go to school at all. So I stayed home, watched TV, watched cartoons until the cartoons stopped and I watched soap operas. Uh, then nothing was happening in the afternoon. So I started like bouncing a ball off of the wall. There was really nothing you could do. I couldn't go out because I get caught. So, but uh, that was my, my foray into hooky. So I did that and went to school the next day. They said, you got a note? I go, no. They're like, okay, sit down. Uh, so I then proceeded to rack up 11 absences in one month. Yeah, just staggered them. Every few days, just not go to school at all. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Uh, I finally got busted, and, they, and mom took the TV away from me for a month. And once it was over, I said, that does it. As God is my witness, I'm never going to stop watching television again. That's true. It's a bad punishment. It's a bad punishment. Uh, but the thing is, when I was a kid, I had a, quite an imagination. Uh, there's a point where uh, you start losing interest in, in kid things and start feeling se sexual urges. So this is where I took my... Uh, the th little girls have dolls, but boys have... Action figures. That's right. They're not dolls. They're action figures. So at some point, what I started doing was I started making my action figures have sex with each other. Of course. Yeah. Get some Play-Doh. I'd have to. Do, some of them they were all male action figures, so I had to, some of them had to switch teams. So I get some Play-Doh, form some perfectly formed breasts. You know, it's like okay, Robin the Boy Wonder, you're halfway there. You're pretty soft already. So some boobs on him. Big old boner on Batman. Let them do their thing. It was great. It was great. Uh, you know, you just match them up. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's like uh, Iron Man. Uh, I'm pairing you up with the Flash. Uh, don't worry. This isn't going to last long. Oh, it's true. <laughs> uh, G.I. Joe. Yeah. Put him with Aquaman. The thing is, G.I. Joe, he saw some stuff in the war. He just wanted to be held. I don't know. That's true. That's true. <sighs> what was the other thing? Oh, speaking of toys, did you hear that there's a, a segment, uh, there's a community of grown men who love My Little Pony? Yeah, bronies. bronies. They're called bronies. <laughs> they go to conventions. They're called the bronies. Which, so yeah, which sounds a lot better than the old name, which was pedophiles. <laughs> oh, that's all I got, kids. It's Monday. I'm Joseph. Joseph Ugalde, everyone. Yes, bronies are really a thing. Dudes that love My Little Pony. Friendship is magic. Uh, hey, Joseph, the one thing I have is uh, Boner on Batman is going to be the name of my new band. Boner so, on Batman. Good yeah, <laughs> that was really great. Arden has things to say. Yeah, I liked uh, I liked the action figure stuff. Um, definitely, you can definitely keep going with that makeup scenarios. Uh, the one thing I was gonna give you as a tag, but then I realized no, I want to keep that joke for myself. Is I was a latchkey kid too. Uh, that is until I started having latchkey parties. Uh, uh, 
I'm so nice misdirect on the bronies. Like you're not one of them, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and I was curious, Flash and Iron Man, which one was the power bottom? Ah, ah, power bottom. Good term. Potential there. Okay, this is not strong, but what about um, representation H on the eyeballs when you see human shit on the street or something? I know. Right. When you see poop. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, uh, I wanted to go through like all the possible ointment creams that you could put on and why. Um, But yeah, yeah, no, I think you're on the the right. Well, how about this? This is a giveaway. I've been working on an idea for... You know how the grapefruit, everything is flavored grapefruit? Mm. Grapefruit scented eye drops. Grapefruit scented eye drops. <laughs> nice. Right. They sting a little. Well, no, I'm just, that, it's a joke. Watch out, they sting. Uh, it's a joke. I, I came up with one, it's probably too offensive, but um, uh, Vagisil on your eyeballs for when you go down on your girlfriend. Oh, shoot, you know what? That's the one. Uh, that I had, and then I forgot to write it down. But Vagisil, Vagisil. you pulled it. You pulled it back from the dead. Yeah, did back it. From did it done. Get it done. Yeah. Best workshop comment of the night. Exactly. Thank you. You actually, you actually pulled a lost, a lost tag a from nugget. either. You pulled a nugget out of that vagina. A weird, crispy, vaginal nugget. It's fun when that weird stuff gets crispy on the sides, and then you can. That's a little too intimate. Uh, any other comments for Joseph Ugalde? There we go, That's everybody. Yeah. Thanks, oh, well, everybody, what a! I, I'm so surprised that the uh, the the joke workshop's been actually only an hour. I gave everyone five minutes tonight, plus as many comments that were happening, and for some reason, it's just not as popular with the comedians as it used to be. Uh, hey, everybody, thank you all for being here. I'm having a great time. I hope you did. Hope you got a lot of excellent feedback on your jokes. I have new jokes, but I did them in front of people, so I don't feel like I don't feel like I need to talk about my hair skirt again. Uh, but I am gonna. I'll just to, what I'm gonna be working on this week is NFL jokes, uh, and my boyfriend really enjoying the British baking competition. So that's what I'm gonna be getting into is uh, fantasy football and my fantasy pot making food boyfriend he actually is we're gonna he's actually gonna learn how to make pot butter with me this weekend and we're gonna sit down and he's like i'm really interested in making baked goods because of the british baking show i'm like not because i've been making pot food for the past four years but now this fucking show with these accents has gotten you into baking all right let's do it it's gonna be fun i'm excited we'll finally do something together uh not that we don't do things together like he just anyways i'm digging myself a hole i can't get out of Thank you all for being here on the Joke Workshop. Uh, listen tomorrow to Quantum Division at 10 a.m. with Trina Roderick. Uh, listen to all our new shows. Also tomorrow night, a new show at 8 o'clock. Terry Dorsey and Jennifer Alves bring you TNA from 8 to 10. That's a new show here on Tuesdays from 8 to 10. Exciting stuff. Uh, hey, if you guys are looking for shows at Mutiny Radio, we have a lot of sweet spots open. Um, Monday, 10 to midnight. There are so many. Just find me on Facebook and, and we'll look it up. Also, if you'd like to be a, uh, a f- uh, what's it called? A producer, producer, that's the wrong word, sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, the third annual, you can contact me. We are already going to be sponsored by Spark, Benders, Rainbow Grocery, Kamala Foods, Dope Magazine, 
And there's one more. I can't remember. Oh, and Green Army Cosmetics. They put weed. They put weed in the makeup. It is so good. No, no, no. They have a new sunscreen. It's fucking insane. Everybody go to Green Army right now on Facebook and like it online. They have a sunscreen with weed in it. So your face gets high. They have lip gloss and... um, I make, they have all of it. It's makeup with fucking weed in it. It's made with like coconut oils and the real deal and weed. I've been using it for a long. They have a sugar scrub right now. It's so good for your face and your feet. And it has weed in it. It makes you high. Green Army, everybody. Look them up. Uh, like them on Facebook. And uh, join their um, email list because they give away a lot of special deals. And they're really an amazing group of people putting that together. So... Thanks for supporting Mutiny Radio. Go to our website and press the donate button. Please give me money. Also, uh, join the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. We're taking applications now until November 30th. It's only $10 to apply. It is 25 shows in five days, over 40 comedians from all over the United States. So please apply to that now. And enjoy the rest of your night. Thanks for being here on Joke Workshop.
Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. 
They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Want to spend a summer Sunday laughing your cares away? Then come join the fun at San Francisco's Comedy Day. One stage, five hours, 40 comedians, a million laughs, and it's free. Besides our annual celebration of stand-up, did you know that Comedy Day offers workshops that teach Bay Area students how to use humor to resolve conflict? Comedy Day is so serious about ending bullying, it's banning all comedians from using the following phrases. Knee slapping, side splitting, break a leg, bust a gut, knock them dead. Those words hurt. But Comedy Day feels good. It's fun for the whole family. Did I mention it's free? Hey, comedy fans, don't miss the 37th Annual Comedy Day, the original longest-running free outdoor comedy concert in the world. The funny starts at noon on Sunday, September 17th at Sharon Meadow in Golden Gate Park, San Francisco. One stage, five hours, 40 comedians, a million laughs. It's free! Good evening there, my friends, here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. 
So then all you gotta do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> yeah. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, and my offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini. And creamy-licious mac and cheese. You like tacos? Then get them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads going to come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! Anything you try has already been done before, and there's nothing really you can do about it. So remember to avoid taking risks and to whisper into feathers together in the dark. It's the right thing to do, and viewers like you. When the circus is in town, it's time for a train ride. The best circus town train rides are the dependable ones that'll depart and arrive on time. The ones that'll take you from clown to trapeze quad elephant, see? But come on the train with the circus promise. It's intense. Listen to Shaggy's Soul Shakedown Party tonight. All right, folks, as you know, as you know, Shaggy's Soul Shakedown is every Thursday. Every Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. here on MutinyRadio.fm. What's with the limp? I got hit by a car on my bike. This person just ran a red light. How are you going to work? You wait tables. I don't know. I'm terrified. I count on my tips and these hospital bills are confusing. The insurance adjusters just treat me like I'm a piece of paperwork. 
Man, you should go to johnstrausslaw.com. John Strauss is a great personal injury attorney. When I got hurt, he handled everything for me. He was on my side. And best of all, I didn't have to pay out of pocket. He got paid when I did. That's great because I cannot afford to pay out of pocket. Yeah, don't let them confuse you and trick you. They treat you like you're a business. And it's not business. It's personal. Injury. JohnStraussLaw.com Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Meals on Wheels is dedicated to providing and delivering the nutritious meals that are necessary to prevent the premature institutionalization of San Francisco's homebound elderly. They are committed to fostering independent living with dignity for as long as possible. For more information, please call 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. The following audio presentation is a work of fiction. Names, characters, places, and incidents are the product of the author's imagination, or are used fictitiously, and any resemblance to actual persons living or dead, events, or locations is entirely coincidental. This segment may contain mature language, situations, and violence. Listener discretion is advised. You are listening to Hodes Grimm, the audiobook drama. Chapter 2, Vacancies Two days after Chad sent him to grab a toolbox and some pipe wrap, Danny Rothman was reported missing by Nina. She had been just as frantic the day before, and on the phone often with Chad. On day five, as Chad sat in Sutton Valley's humble police station with his friend, Officer Paul Kemp, he reflected on the graveness in Danny's voice when he said, Maybe I won't take her to the Firestone. Chad took that to mean that Danny would follow his advice and not break his wallet for frills that wouldn't matter to Nina anyway. Now, he wondered if Danny meant he wasn't going to take her to Firestone because he wasn't going to stay in the area, much less pop the big question. Chad scanned the cramped conference room that doubled as an interrogation room and fidgeted with his cigarettes. I know I told you he talked about jumping town now and then, but... He expressed that to more than a few people. From what I understand, it wouldn't be the first time he packed up and left. Suspicious, though, that he only took the shirt off his back. Generally, people don't do that. If he wanted to leave, he had his chance that morning when the bus left. Why not the car? Other than a suspended license, it's Nina's car. You said he was late that morning. 
Is it possible it's because he was waiting for that bus? Or in the least considering taking it, but then changed his mind? If he lied when he said he overslept. I mean, anything's possible, I reckon. Why'd you ask that? Paul scratched at his mustache. If the thought was already in his head afterwards, he might have had regret that he faltered and then he would have found the resolve. To what? Walk off in the woods? Walk away from everything? Just like that. He was planning to propose for Christ's sake. I'm only hanging a tag on each possible avenue. Don't take offense. Paul glanced at the clock for the sixth or seventh time. Last contact was the call at 3 a.m.? If you can call it contact, there was no talking involved. It came from his phone, but I didn't hear Danny's voice. I I heard Chad thought of the sounds. I don't know what I heard. I think somebody bumped it. It's happened before. He claimed he had a lot of cash on him. I didn't see it, but he mentioned it and what it was for. He never did pick up that ring. Well, having that kind of cash could get you a long way from here. It could also attract the sort of attention that could get you in trouble, even in the valley if you run across the wrong Joe. Who else knew about it? Maybe no one. I know Nina didn't. Could anyone have tailed you on the first service call on Saybrook? I didn't get that sense, nah. Someone could have seen Rothman come out alone, took the opportunity to jump him while he was at the back of your jeep. Chad shook his head. No footprints. Pardon? In the snow. Only tracks were mine and his. The fresh set of his went off in the woods. He wasn't running when he left him. They were close together. Drag marks, too. Chad remembered how Danny seemed to have a cold, and said it was his sinuses. He imagined Danny shambling away from the jeep in a daze, ill and disoriented, and collapsing somewhere where his body would be found after the snow melted. Damn me for not following those tracks while they were still there. Paul seemed surprised by his observations, and added to his notes. So we entered the woods alone, of his own volition. I don't know what else that would suggest. It don't suggest why he would. Is it because he decided to hike into town and grab a cab out of town? Or is it because he was out of it or distracted by something? We're talking to the cab companies as well as other friends in town who he might have gone to get a lift. We can't outrule him hitchhiking either. If he left. If. We can't rule out foul play either. Sounds fishy to me. I wouldn't be surprised if he turns up in a week or two. A month, maybe even days. In cases like this, they almost always do. He could have got cold feet. Chad hoped that Paul wasn't going to sit on his hands. What's being done? Sheriff's office is putting out a bulletin. The woods will get a walkthrough, but they'll be on the lookout for him countywide. If he turns up in his hometown in Ohio, we'll know too. Police there have been alerted. It was more than Chad expected, and he was glad. I guess we have to presume the worst until the evidence to substantiate otherwise. In the meantime, let us know if you hear from Danny again. Two weeks passed, and no one had. Life went on. So did work. The Boggs crew had been undermanned before Danny vanished, and Chad had to work twice as hard without a partner. Stuart Sheldon had left it up to him to find a replacement, but Chad chewed on it for too long, and his workload backed up. He had pinned hopes on Danny resurfacing, not because it would make things easier, but because it didn't feel right, offering out his job. Firing him was what it amounted to. 
It seemed like a piss-poor thing to do without knowing what happened. Danny could have been dead for all he knew, and the thought had reared its ugly head more than once. That had been his sticking point, not who to call. He had someone in mind. His old friend, Pangsy. Having done construction work, freelance plumbing, and being an experienced electrician, Pangsy had know-how to bring on the job, unlike some of the dunderheads that Stuart hired in the past. Pangsy didn't have the best track record. A gifted collector of pink slips, he had a long history of personality conflicts. But Pangsy would only be working with him, and Chad knew how to handle him. He doubted there would be any problems, so long as he warned the others ahead of time not to call him Paget, and then emphasized that he was not kidding about the trouble that it would invite, so no one got any joker ideas. There was a chance that Pangsy would decline, of course, if not because he was working somewhere else, then maybe for the same reason he never dropped by the house anymore. But the last Chad knew, Pangsy was down on his luck. He suspected that that hadn't changed when he called and got a message that the line was disconnected. After work, Chad drove to Pangsy's place. As he parked on the pothole street, he saw Pangsy's rusted white sedan in the driveway and a yellow paper on the screen door of his apartment. Chad slogged through the unshoveled walkway and went up the porch steps, noting the jumble of boxes that were powdered with snow and had been hidden by the overgrown hedges. He peered at the yellow paper, tucked between the screen and the metal trim. It was a disconnection notice from the cable company. The buzzer noise the doorbell made sounded sick, and he knocked instead. White noise brayed. Footfalls followed. The inner door jerked in, and Pangsy stuck his face in the opening. His scalp's bass with hair, face grown out with stubble, lips in a snarl, pores standing out under his eyes that seemed no less wild when they met Chad's. Pangsy didn't seem in the mood for company. Hey, bird. Chad recognized that look on Pangsy's face as the one he got when he drank and went into paranoid mode. The smells escaping the door that Chad picked up were of dirty laundry, stale smoke, coffee, and bacon, but not of alcohol. I tried to call. Is this a bad time? Pangsy's eyes shifted from side to side. No, it's good. Chad wondered even more when Pangsy swung the door fully open and he saw the wooden bat in his hand. Huh. Okay, I'm glad I wasn't the wrong person. You should be. Come on in and close the door behind you. Chad did and followed him into the living room where knives and daggers adorned the walls and a TV displayed a snowy image, the six o'clock news behind a static blizzard. Well, here I was going to leave the door open so you could heat up the outside. I am sick of winter. I'm sick about every damn thing in this world. Clad in sweatshorts and a raggedy tank-style t-shirt that sagged under red chest hairs, Pangsy tossed the bat on the couch where he had been sleeping from the look of it. 
Chad scanned the messy room that was dotted with ashtrays, flung laundry, and wrappers. His gaze settled on the dead beta, floating at the surface in Pangsy's fish tank. What brings you by? I thought I'd see how you were doing, for one. Pangsy made a sweeping gesture. You came and you saw. I meant how you were holding up. <laughs> holding up? You mean you came to see if I found the bottle again? No, that's not what I meant. I meant with Eric. I don't want to think about it. Okay. Chad knew that bottling things up was half of Pengsy's problem. No friends of Bill W. Pun intended, but let it go. How's the ball and chain and the runts? Trish and the kids are fine. A buck's in school now. I bet he's a little hellion just like his daddy. Always wanted a son. Me and Jill used to talk about kids. Tried for one, too. He scowled, pausing. For the best, we didn't. The way things turned out. You and Jill were too alike. Funny. She used to say the opposite. You said you came by for a few things. What else? Did you hear about Danny Rothman? Pangsy fidgeted with an antenna rigged to his TV. That friend of yours? Yeah. He's gone missing. No kidding. What happened? No one knows. Chad drifted to a set of daggers on the wall. Dusty, but razor sharp. There are theories. I'm not sure what to believe, but it's left me short of man. That's the other reason I came to see you. Oh yeah? Why? Why do you think? Pangsy didn't look at him. Only the TV. Let me guess. Cause you thought of poor me and wanted to reach out. Ain't that right? No. I thought of a friend who had the skills and I'd like to work with. It's awful nice that you thought of me, but don't you worry. I don't want to be your charity, man. You aren't my damn charity. I'm yours. I'm a man down and I need your help. I need somebody who knows how to do the work and I don't have to babysit. <laughs> what makes you think I'm going to get to your damn charity? You got a job? No. Well, you do now. And don't you be a pain in the ass about it or there's going to be a fight. Pangsy looked at him then, his brows rising. Yeah? Chad nodded, poker-faced. That's what I said. Think you could take me? He walked up to Chad, and they stared eye to eye. Better take off your coat. Won't need to. There might be blood. Wouldn't be a party if there wasn't. <laughs> Reminds me of the old days. Pangsy passed him into the kitchen, which was everything one might expect from a born-again bachelor. Working for old Mad Boggs still? That's right. Plenty work, good pay. Chad eyed the counter, where a pot of tar brewed and a mug of straws and spilled coffee grounds around his grinder conjured the humorous mental image of Pangsy snorting coffee. You ride with me 80-90% of the time. So you'll be my hemorrhoid? You'll be mine. Chad glanced at the broken clock and then his watch. I've got to hightail it home. Trish has been in a mood. He started out of the kitchen. I'll pick you up tomorrow morning. Hey now, I didn't agree to anything. Tomorrow morning. Chad looked back. I'm coming to pick you up or I'm coming to hurt you. I'll be ready for either. Huh. Me too. Two weeks with Pangsy on the job, chugged along at a smooth pace. 
This cast out the doubts that had lingered in Chad's mind about whether Pangsy would get along with the rest of the crew. He supposed he remembered the belligerent, hot-headed Pangsy from the construction days too well. But Pangsy seemed to have changed since then, mellowed out. Maybe he just learned restraint. Only once, when Art Cropple got into a debate with Pangsy over how to repair a furnace, and the old fire entered Pangsy's eyes, did Chad worry a hammer was about to fall. Either that, or Art would, at the snap of Pangsy's fist. Instead, Pangsy stopped, drew a monster breath, heard Art out, and admitted he was wrong, something people once thought him incapable of. Of course, trying to predict Pangsy was a science as fuzzy as predicting earthquakes. A tremor now and then may mean nothing, but the fault lines are there, so one never knows what pressure might be mounting beneath the surface. As for the work itself, Pangsy was a dream partner who had enthusiasm and hands eager to dirty themselves with the next task. The novelty of this had yet to wear off. One Friday afternoon, as Pangsy operated the backhoe to get at a septic tank and insisted that Chad sit that one out, Chad reflected on how refreshing it was to have a number two who was just as competent. As had happened over the past weeks, these thoughts were chased by feelings about Danny, who was still missing. Twenty-two days and counting. He had kept contact with Nina by phone, lending a shoulder, and opening himself up to dirty looks from his wife Trish, who was notoriously paranoid and probably had suspicions based on the sad reality that they hadn't done the wild thing in a coon's age. The call from Nina that tore him away from his almost religious ritual of chopping wood to work out the demons that sent him zooming cross town to see her came Sunday afternoon. She was crying so hard he barely understood a word and the most terrible possibility came to mind. She was informed that Danny turned up dead. That wasn't the case, but whether the news was good was open to debate. I'm pregnant. Her voice cracked, body trembled as she crumpled over on the couch beside him. Dark hair spilled over her face that she buried in her hands. And when she leaned, sobbing against his chest, he put an arm around her. Stunned and not sure what to say, he held her for a time before he found words and managed to calm her down. Bringing a new life into the world isn't such a bad thing. He told her, among other things, but knew it was more complicated than that. Like Danny, she didn't have much of anyone to offer support. No decent family to speak of. He knew she was scared, scared about the future and what might have happened to Danny. It better have been something bad. That fate sister at Tropas better have snipped your thread. Because if you made the choice to walk away without leaving any means to contact you after you left a seed in Nina, you're lower than even scum. We don't know for sure where Danny is. There's no saying he won't resurface and have an explanation. Do you think so? Chad didn't. Sure I do. Life is a crazy thing that way. But even if that doesn't happen, most important thing now is that baby. 
He judged by her awkward expression that he wasn't much good at this. I say concentrate on that and being a mother. No matter what, I think all things happen for a reason. She nodded, her eyes cast down. In the meanwhile, you have my number. Anything you need, anything, you just call. I'll be there for you. Until then, even after, I'll be there, okay? Now come on, Nina. <laughs> she hugged him. I don't know what I would have done without you here through all of this. It doesn't matter, because I am here whenever you call. <laughs> You'll just fly on over like a man of steel, huh? Like a man of steel. When he returned home, he found Trish had gone through the trouble of making a big chicken dinner, one that she and Caroline and little Buck would have to enjoy without him. He had no appetite. He went out in the backyard and chopped wood instead, even knowing it might cause a fight. It didn't, but he could tell that Trish was peeved. They barely spoke that night, and when they turned in, Trish slept on the edge of the bed. Buck was still awake between them. This was nothing new. Getting the kid to sleep in his room was a battle that Chad seldom had the energy for. As usual, Chad had to tell him to lay down many times before he fell asleep. Even then, he was restless. Chad lay flat on his back, his eyes turned toward the ceiling, but looking more in than out. Every now and then, he looked at the clock. It was 2.40 the last time he checked. Before his eyes closed and his mind sank into the haze of sleep. Down in the darkness, where nightmares ran amuck like demented children. Where Chris Purvis often was, revving the engine of his old Ford in the dead of night, ready to load up passengers and catch the last train to Deadsville. Where the wet, sucking sounds were, too. You look like shit! Hangsy told him the next morning as they pulled away from the fifth site on the list. You have a late night with the missus? On that note, Hangsy winked and Chad scowled. I ain't had one of those in a long time. Chad blew smoke out his nose. Where to next, or are you slacking? Maybe. Hangsy pulled the clipboard down from the visor and flipped through the wrinkly pages. Five Milberg Road. No hot water. Bonies. Skip it for now. What's next? Something close. Stuart, mark this one. PR. What's that? Priority. Next time you see that, give it to me first thing. What is it? Tenant complain about a junk freezer at 32 Saybrook. Miss Arnell, remove. Pangsy stopped reading. Uh, what's the matter? It's odd as all. Chad blinked and narrowed his eyes. It must be a goof. I don't know how, but it's gotta be. His mind conjured up the image of the rusty icebox that had been rotting for 40 or 50 years on the old 34 Saybrook plot. He remembered how it made him uneasy, perhaps because he once removed another just like it. And he remembered how surprised he was that it stayed together. When they loaded it on a truck, 
and took it to the junkyard. Me and Danny removed that thing about six months back. Chad dug out his phone and selected the number of Stuart Sheldon, who picked up on the first ring. Hello? Hey, Stu, you put something on the list done a long time ago. The old freezer on Sabre. The what? Chad pulled over, snatched the clipboard out of Pengsy's hand, and read Stu the entry. Why is it back on the list, and why did you mark it priority? I came across it in my notes from last week. Miss Arnell called last Monday about it. Well, why didn't it make the list then? You could have sent Art. He's been there at least three times since to plow. Somehow, I forgot about it. Stu said, and it wasn't like him. Slipped my mind again, apparently, because I didn't know what you were on about at first. Chad was only marginally aware that it had slipped his mind too, as he had been unable to remember until now what it was about that clearing that made him uneasy. It was that freezer. It was removed. Ask Art. He helped load it. She insisted it was still there. In her mind, maybe, but not on the property. Was there anything else out there? Maybe you missed. There wasn't nothing else there. I'm headed there now. Bye. He pitched the clipboard on Pansy's lap and swung back onto the road. God damn it, for Christ's sake. Why go there if it's removed? So I can ask Abby. Stu could have it wrong and she called because her icebox is acting up or something along those lines. When he turned onto the cul-de-sac and drove over Betty Morgan's latest offerings to the deer and skunks, Pangsy asked about the food scraps, and Chad gave his stock answer. Lost marbles. He parked in front of Abby's, thinking of the day that Danny vanished. He frowned, and they got out. The snow was powdery and blowing around. The wind razor cold and whistling through something up toward the house, probably around the gutters, which were slated to be replaced that spring. Where is it? Pangsy asked. Chad gestured to the clearing, where he scanned and saw only the snow and skeletal trees. It was right there. He turned away. Like I said, me and Danny. You mean that? Chad looked back over his shoulder at Pangsy, who pointed off to the rusty freezer that Chad had seen before, but had not seen a moment ago. How the... how the hell? It doesn't look like you took it away. We took something away, I'll tell you that. Chad wouldn't admit to himself that the freezer there now looked just like the one he removed, down to the rust patterns. It couldn't be. That was that. There's nothing there when we left. There hasn't been anything here since. This is recent. Somebody must have left it off here instead of disposing of it properly. Why here? How the hell should I know? At least we know it wasn't only in the ladies. Pansy started, and his voice fell away. Chad eyed him. What? You look like a ghost, Dad. <laughs> it's nothing. Pansy gave his head a few hard shakes. Thought it saw something that wasn't there. Like what? Pangsy craned his head to the side, tilting it, and sniffed. You smell something? He checked and found that he did not. Can't be the food in the driveway. Pangsy drifted behind Chad. It's frozen. I don't smell a thing. Chad stared at the freezer, now wondering if someone brought it back from the junkyard as some kind of joke. Pangsy had walked off, and Chad didn't know it until he heard him holler at some distance. He went around the jeep and up the walkway toward the steps, where he saw brown paper bags. 
Pansy pointed to a window. Think she would have called about that. Cracks spiderwebbed around a jagged hole in the glass that the wind shrilled through. Looks to be from the inside out. Chad crouched over the bags that Snow had gotten into and looked inside them. A carton of milk, tea boxes, frozen lunch meat in baggies, a loaf of bread, and other provisions. It could only be the groceries that Abby had delivered during the week. Oh no, this has been here for a bit. Ugh, smell again. This time, Chad caught a whiff, and his stomach lurched. He could only think of rancid Parmesan cheese. Garbage? I think I know. Pangsy went to the window, cupping his hand over his eyes, trying to see in. How often do people visit this lady? Kids come to visit now and then, I guess. I don't remember exactly. Chad rang the doorbell and knocked. Miss Arnell! Miss Arnell! She ain't gonna answer. Pangsy tried the locked door. With the damage to the window, I bet she isn't home. She might have landed in the hospital again. Nah, she's here. Pangsy kicked in the door, barging in. Pangsy. Ah, oh, Jesus. We'll have to fix that. The bad smell drifted over him, this time in a strong dose of what could have been bad Parmesan cheese, in rotten vinegar, and his face writhed in a gagging grimace. That's when he knew what it was, too. Oh. Hand over his nose, he staggered into the living room that was dotted with broken glass, battered frames, and photos, as if someone went crazy on all the pictures that had been set up so meticulously, some on the shelves which were aslant on one wall, and knocked down on another. He reckoned they had done the damage with the hard end of the broom that lay aslant on the recliner chair. The touch base lamp was on the floor. Broken intruders were his first thought until he saw the busted TV and the char marks that suggested that the tubes exploded. He remembered the look of horror on Abby's face when he had come up from the basement and found her gawking open mouthed at the TV. He could picture her smashing that TV all too easily. She had taken the broom, smashed every picture in sight, may have accidentally hit the window, but certainly intended to hit the TV. He didn't know how he knew, but he knew. Oh, God. Pangsy shambled out of the dining room, hand over his nose, too, looking a little green. She's dead. Oh, bodies don't smell like that alive. Chad pulled out his phone. How long you think, weeks? Could be less than a week. Chad knew she had to have been there for some time to smell that ripe. Pangsy choked back a gag and hurried out the door to escape the stink. Chad didn't want to look around the corner into the dining room, knowing he would see nothing pretty, but did. Oh, Jesus. He glimpsed Abby face down on the carpet in her robe, her wig nearby like a strange dead animal. Things a crawl on her head. Ugh. Oh, God. Chad looked away quickly, shuffled outside, and tossed his cookies in the snow. I'll make the call. Pansy snatched his cell phone out of his pocket, <clears throat> and Chad couldn't have cared less. He was trying to stop gagging. Jesus Christ. 
It's gonna take. He felt another round of gags coming. Oh, God. It's gonna take a lot to get that smell out of there. He said to no one in particular, while Pangsy talked to a 911 dispatcher. We'll have to rip out all the carpets. Yes, he found it was better to think of the carpets. Six months later, Chad sat in his jeep and eyed the house where Abby Arnell had lived. He thought of the odor that lingered even after he and Pangsy replaced the carpets and aired the place out for days. He thought of all the times he had circled the property through the woods after the snow melted and told himself that he wasn't looking for anything in particular. Wasn't looking for Danny. He thought of Nina, who had been showing for some time. And he thought of cigarettes. Chad was more of a thinker lately than he preferred to be, and good moods were hard to come by. That morning, he had no shortage of reasons to be grumpy. He had a long work list and was so backed up that he doubted he would be home for dinner, which could mean more drama from Trish. Pangsy was working with Art Kroppel that day, as happened on and off over the past months, under Stuart Sheldon's orders. Chad didn't mind working alone that much, but he didn't like being in that place alone. It was where Danny vanished and Abby died. The coroner had found that her heart went, but that hadn't explained the episode she must have had before or during. Broken glass, busted picture frames, the smashed television. He saw the scene when he closed his eyes sometimes, a part of his mind still stubborn to make sense of it. The house unnerved him now, and the clearing, there was something about that he didn't like either. Knowing he thought of the property as a place of bad luck, he couldn't scoff at those in town superstitious about that neck of the hill as he once did even if his reasons had nothing to do with the spook stories about Ed Hode. The history must not have bothered Abby, but he supposed it was the stumbling block in renting her house out now. He had shown the place 18 times in the past five months, and no one bit, even when Stu lowered the rent. The odds were better that day, as good as they would get. The prospective tenant was an out-of-towner, the guy was also late, but Chad was reluctant to write him off as a no-show. He wanted badly to fill that vacancy. An hour later than scheduled, the man showed up. Chad saw his sedan in the rear view as it turned off Saybrook. He hoped this would be the last time he had to walk through that house and pretend everything was just dandy. And an old woman, a sweet old woman hadn't died and rotted inside. All he really wanted was to drive away, forget about the place, not look back. This has been an audio presentation of Hodes Grimm, the audiobook drama. Visit us on the web at www.jack-kincaid.com com slash 
Enter the Grim. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. 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 Safe sex is more than just avoiding STDs and pregnancy. No matter what you're into, be sure you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. The following audio presentation is a work of fiction. Names, characters, places, and incidents are the product of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously, and any resemblance to actual persons living or dead, events, or locations is entirely coincidental. This segment may contain mature language, situations, and violence. Listener discretion is advised. You are listening to Hodes Grimm, the audiobook drama. Chapter 3 The Grieving Mr. Dudley The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Follow your heart and it just might take you there. Some learn this the hard way. Some men like William Dudley never do. His heart told him that the house was perfect for the two of them. It would only be temporary until he gained better knowledge of the area and found a home to buy. But he could imagine living there for a year, maybe longer, there at 32 Saybrook, where the rent was friendly to a teacher's salary, where the undisturbed sounds of nature promised peaceful nights 